The reading today is from John chapter 6. And the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then uh, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you that bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, The first thing I thought of when I was preparing for this sermon, did the text, especially the Old Testament, but the crowds were good two weeks ago. Crowds aren't good today. They remind us a lot of the bad Israelites, the unfaithful Israelites, uh, the grumbling Israelites in the Old Testament reading today, this week. Um, And it reminds me a lot, actually, of myself, Um, especially during the summer months, when I, who am usually tasked with preparing dinner, planning meals, um, the, the pickings become slim when it's summer. Because a lot of my favorite hearty dishes come from my grandmother, who made these awesome old-world Eastern European uh, hearty, warm dishes that are rich. And those don't fare too well in the summer when it's hot, humid, and it's not Eastern Europe. And we're, like, digging up turnips and Brussels sprouts and stuff, you know? So, anyways, usually we... My wife and I, we start to get bored with, like, eating salad and chicken or, uh, you know, uh, what's another one? Um, You know, we'll eat Friday and make pizza. I think you guys may have seen that on the Facebook. Um, Just the pickings are slim with the summer menu. And then you start to realize that, you know, I don't know, Jesus ate nothing for 40 days in the desert, you know, he fasted, and uh, the Israelites ate manna and quail for 40 days in the desert, 
and, or sorry, 40 years in the desert. And you're like, hmm, maybe like the problem's with me, not with, you know, my plans or whatever. Maybe I'm just ungrateful, right? Uh, you know, like think of, um, I don't know, going back to Eastern European, Eastern Europe during maybe like the communist control, like lots of potatoes and onions were eaten every day. Depression era in America, lots of potatoes and dandelions were eaten, right? Well, I think often um, we end up finding ourselves endlessly pursuing the novel, pursuing the the thrill of the moment, the something brand new that will match that first time we did something brand new. And we want it to be fed into and play into every aspect of our life. We want to constantly hit these dopamine highs and be rewarded for them, not expecting the inevitable result of each time we do something new and crazy starts to be less and less rewarding. Well, here in the Old Testament lesson today, things get crazy. Israelites are in the desert. They have two of the greatest leaders, tag team, in the history of ever, Moses and Aaron. Moses is providing leadership, and he's judging, and he's interceding with the Lord directly, often asking for the Lord to not destroy the Israelites for their stubbornness. And we got Aaron, who is very good at speaking, addressing crowds, uh, uh, doing the right thing in the right moment, except for when he helps the people make a gold idol, because it's what they think they want at the time, and they begin to worship it. But anyways, the Israelites at this point in the Old Testament are saying, we would have rather been slaves in Egypt than to come out here into the desert and die of hunger. Where's our food? I mean, come on. And uh, the Lord Yahweh says to Moses, well, I'm going to give them bread in the morning and quail in the evening. I mean, meat every night is unheard of. Absolutely fantastic. But the people even are um, upset with that. You know, it's like, you know, the spirit of ungratitude that maybe sometimes when you've, I don't know, when I was a kid, there was a meal that I didn't like called chicken and rice. But chicken and rice was a cornerstone of uh, meals. And whenever my brother and I didn't want the chicken and rice, Uh, You know, sometimes I learned from watching my older brother. And uh, my dad would say, guess what? This is what's for dinner. So you're going to eat it. You know? And, like, little did I know that this chicken and rice was part of God's plan. Like, this was it. This is what God, not only my parents had prepared for me, this is what God had prepared for me to become a big, tall, strong young boy and to grow in grace and wisdom. Not to mention my awesome father um, reading a, at least a chapter of scripture each dinner after the meal and uh, talking with us about it. Uh, it was all a part of 
how I would grow in grace and truth uh, as the Lord had planned. But the Israelites, the crowds following Jesus, weren't happy with the bread. And Moses is like, hey, as long as you realize that you are grumbling against God, you're not just grumbling against me and Aaron, you know, giving you this bread. Like, please take a moment and recognize that you're not just upset with the things of man, man's plans that always get messed up and screwed up. You're upset with God's very plan for how you are to be sustained for the next 40 years. And it comes to a penultimate um, like head where God has to come down in a cloud and say, okay, I'm giving you the manna. I am giving you the manna. I'm tired of the grumbling. And they said, and they went out and they saw the manna. And what did they say? They said, what is this? You know, like, who, who else has run into that? I've done it myself recently. Some strange foods. But, you know, the Lord says, this is what I have for you. This is my plan for you. And they say, what is this? But I like Moses' response. He doesn't say, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, maybe it'll be better tomorrow morning. He says, This is the bread that the Lord Yahweh has given you to eat. That's what it is. This is what the Lord has prepared for you to eat. So eat it. Very fatherly thing to say. Just put the foot down and say, this is it. Eat it. And that's what they ate for 40 years in the desert. And even though the Israelites weren't too impressed with eating that for 40 years in the desert. When Jesus is approached by these crowds, Jesus immediately sees through their facade. He says, you didn't come here even to see a sign, a great mighty wonder. You came here to get your bellies filled. You want the temporal reward dopamine hit And you don't even want to see my signs that I'm performing. And I don't even care about the signs. I want you to believe in me, the Savior. And I think this is where we come into the story. Often we find ourselves trying to pursue the novel, pursue the thrill the bigger, crazier thing that will make and give that dopamine reward for doing something unique, awesome, fun. And that takes many forms. It takes the form of scrolling endlessly through Facebook. It takes the form of not being able to get up and just letting one episode roll to the other on whatever streaming service you're watching, whatever YouTube video you've watched, and it's on autoplay. And, you know, it's like drugs. You start off, feels good, keeps getting harder and harder to get away, and you keep going into weirder and weirder stuff because you've seen it all already. And what stinks is when it comes into church itself. 
Uh, I'm hearing all sorts of, you know, actually I've heard it for years. And years to me is probably, you know, blink of an eye to many people. But when people say, you know, Dan, you're going to be a pastor. Or Dan, you're a pastor. You should try this. At this church, they are, you know, doing this. Or at this church, they are, they have this awesome, like, you know, light show. And when the fog comes out and the lights are coming through, it's super exciting. And everyone is like excited and paying attention and clapping. And I'm just like, how come no one is ever like, you know, pastor, I went to this church and the scriptures were so clear and I I got it. And when I heard pastor's message, like I was challenged and I confronted what I was trying to hold on to and it broke through and instead God's will reigned true. That's never what I hear. Instead, it's always, I don't know, it's like when you get invited to two graduation parties and you hear, well, at this one, they're doing hot dogs and hamburgers. And at this one, they're getting, you know, like veal cutlets. It's like, I'm going to go to the one where the food tastes better, right? If, if it push comes to shove. And um, this is... This ends up being the landscape of the hearts that Jesus came across. The same Israelites that were in the desert, the crowds that were following him around. They were looking for a bread king. Is anyone familiar with that term, a bread king? They wanted to be and follow a strong leader that would get them bread each day. Day to day would provide for them. You know, it's almost like grasping at straws. They've been so long without, you know, good leadership, without a king. They're under the threat of Roman rule. They just wanted a guy that was going to provide for them each day. And Jesus says, enough. I'm seeing through it. At least look at my signs. At least believe in my signs. But instead, they just wanted the bread. They wanted the hit. And he says, and this is where the comparison comes between the 40 years in the desert and Jesus feeding the 5,000, which we did recently, is the people, it says here in John, they weren't too impressed. They said, come on, you made some bread, a lot of bread, one time. Moses gave us bread every morning for 40 years. I'm comparing the two signs, you know, And, you know, like, Jesus says, yeah, you remember those 40, those people that ate the bread for 40 years in the desert? Well, they're dead. They're dead. And guess what? I am the bread of life. If you eat of me, if you eat my bread, if you drink my blood, then you will remain among the living. Please separate yourselves from those who are spiritually dead and craving the short-term solution, the good-tasting junk food, and choose instead the food that lasts eternally. Believe in the one who the Father sent, the true bread from heaven. Moses didn't give you that bread. The Father did. 
And the Father is giving me, Jesus Christ, to you to believe in. Because only I can, will, and have satisfied you eternally. I am the bread of life. And I think this is where, you know, it's, it's just, things get crazy. The, our pursuit of the thrill, the, the, the novel. We just need to stop and eat what the Father gave us. Just stop and stop looking for substitutes. You know, each Friday I run to Taco Bell and sometimes I just look inside like gloomily because it's what I want, but I can't have. And sometimes I go in there and I partake in my dollar any size drink. But guys, it's not a substitute for the one true enduring eternal life offered to us in Christ Jesus. He calls us to believe on him, to believe in his sacrifice, to believe in his resurrection, to believe his words. Remember, I've said, I think twice, Jesus says, it's not even important to me that you see my signs and believe my signs because I want you to believe and trust my words and my promises because I won't be here forever. I'm going away. So believe me, believe in me and have eternal life. He says, whoever is born again of water and the spirit enters the kingdom of God. And this is confusing because it refers to baptism, something that I think all of us have experienced at some point in our lives. It was when God began a relationship with us in the waters of baptism, probably looked a lot like that. And it's what we ought to return to each morning, like we said, we can confess together. Each day in daily contrition and repentance, our old Adam or old Eve is drowned and dies with all of our sins and evil desires. And a new man, a new woman, daily emerges, whether out of the shower, the bath, out of just out of the bed, emerges and lives before God in righteousness and purity forever. And that's what a Christian life is. And what stinks is if we allow ourselves to be chasing after the, the dopamine drip, if we allow it to enter into our church home, then what, where Jesus promises to be here in this place, this normal place, yet beautiful place, it begins to become the daydream that we drift off into as we wish for a more fun thing to be happening and going on. But unfortunately, and fortunately, this is where God has promised to be present. Because, I mean, this is where God has said he'll be, in the sacrament of the altar, bodily present, in baptism, where he is present in the water, washes you clean, kills you, raises you back to life, and then, in this new life that you live that we just covered, this is where, when you try to detox 
from your dopamine addiction, there is hope. Because it's not just you trying your best to fight against being constantly entertained. Instead, the Holy Spirit, Jesus' new life, can and will actually bring you to a better place. And so the dopamine detoxes that we see online, we see on YouTube, we see on our Instagram feeds, it looks like um, quitting social media, quitting Netflix, uh, eating less junk food, stopping smoking, stopping drinking. Unfortunately, those often crash and burn, especially when you do it all at once. We also need to, as Christians, Fill those things that we are taking out with new things and good things. What is good, what is true. The reading of scripture. Attending church on Sunday mornings, as you guys are. Meditating on God's word each day. Listening to God-pleasing music and sharing that as something you're interested in with your children. And honestly, the most important and best thing that you can do is to daily read God's word, no matter how long that might be. Think about it. Talk about it with your family member, with your kids. Get them used to, acclimated to God's word, being important not only just overall, but to you as a dad, to you as a mom, to you as a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter. And when they see your interest, that it's worth their time, that this is important to dad, to mom, to my wife, to my husband, why do they keep doing this? The standard is set. The will of the Lord is what reigns triumphant. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to stop and be okay with silence as you did so often in your ministry. Thank you, Lord. Please help us, Lord, as we try to rebuild, rewire our brains to detox not only those dopamine receptors in our brains, but also our souls, our hearts, knowing that only the Spirit can make us alive again, again and again each day having to try again through our enduring faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the living bread who the Father gave to us, who loves us, who died for us, who rose for us, redeemed us all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for stripping away all of those quick hits and giving us the bread of life that endures not only in this lifetime, but forever. We all have a big head. That's what Paul writes in the epistle lesson today. He says that we have a big head. That head is Jesus Christ. And we all have little baby bodies. And we have a lot of growing into that big head. And how we grow into that big head is through the reading of the word. Through being faithful to Jesus to the end eating the bread of life, that he says, this is why Jesus descended, the one who ascended, descended, 
to build up this church together in unity, this body that we're all part of and partake in the one bread, the one body. This huge head of Christ Jesus we need to grow into. And the only way to grow into that head is through that hard work of discipline, meditation, and being okay with silence and sacredness. This is what the Father has prepared for you. So just eat it. Amen.